Hi, I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETFs for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focus Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth, and Michael Basante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Okay, here's today's first question, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Larry? Mike? Good, thanks. Everybody's good. Yeah? Ready to go? Okay. Acting like you just stepped off the plane. Go ahead. A little bit. Today's first question. This Thursday, existing home sales are expected to show a 6.3% decline in July, following a 5% drop in June. The U.S. housing market has cooled rapidly as a record high prices and higher mortgage rates weigh on sales. What does this mean for the economy and the stock market? Well, for the economy, it likely means that GDP is going to continue to decelerate a little bit because housing tends to be a pretty significant component of GDP. But even more importantly, those were the existing home sales numbers. Um, the data out this morning on housing starts was terrible. Um, it was a 9.6% decline month over month, 8.1% decline year over year. And even more alarming are home purchase cancellations. So homes under contract that are falling through, according to Redfin, 63,000 homes or 16% of the uh, homes under contract over the course of the last month fell through. That's the highest cancellation rate since basically 2020. And really what seems to be happening is a little bit of a combination of rising interest rates and the wealth effect uh, with home price appreciation plus volatility in amongst a lot of asset classes are really hurting the affordability of housing. And some of this is clearly due to the Federal Reserve as about a year ago, you've, you've seen mortgage rates, not quite, but almost double over the course of the last 12 months. Yeah. So people who have been frozen, frozen out of the market for quite some time, still trying to get in, unfortunately, the situation is much more adverse than a year ago, especially uh, due to the fact that mortgage rates have been rising pretty significantly over the course of the last 12 months. So what does it mean going forward? Everybody has to remember that housing and shelter represents a really significant component of inflation in the CPI. So although- 40%. This, yeah, almost 40%. So even though this is a negative data point on the margin as it pertains to GDP, especially- Building a new house means a lot more to economic growth than selling an existing house because a lot goes into that in terms of new materials being ordered, new jobs being added. So it's a negative GDP effect, but it's also going to have a plus for inflation over the course of the next 12 months. Now, the base effects and two-year comparisons on inflation, housing's not really going to roll over as it pertains to the CPI until next year. Then it's a material headwind on the CPI. So it's still a little bit of a tailwind going into the back half of this year, but the the more these numbers decline, the more inflation is going to come down throughout the balance of 2023. So even though it is on the margin, a little bit of a negative GDP effect, it has positive ramifications on the read through going forward for inflation. So it has its positives and its negatives. I still think the underlying demand for housing is there. Uh, you really just need interest rates to start to materially move lower so that the affordability of housing gets a little bit better again. So that's kind of what that means on the margin. The cancellation number is very high because that likely means that there's going to be more inventory staying on the market. So these inventory numbers that are at basically all-time historic lows, 
they're probably going to tick up a little bit, especially if uh, houses under contract start to fall through. Okay, and question number two. Last week, the NASDAQ composite climbed more than 20% from its mid-June low. So with both consumer and producer prices falling in July, some think inflation may have peaked even as the labor market remains robust. And that's just two lower inflation readings. Is that enough to convince the Fed inflation has peaked? Last week, CPI showed grocery prices rose 13% in July, and some people think we've hit the bottom and this is the market rebound, but the Fed is still planning to raise interest rates, leaving the market vulnerable. You guys keep saying we're in a recession, so with meme stocks and crypto-related companies seeing big gains, is the market just setting itself up for another big decline? If so, where should people be putting their money now? So I think when you look at what the Fed is doing, that's why the market is rallying. And so, you know, the, the Fed's mandate to fight inflation as number one, uh, they're doing it, they're pursuing it, they will raise rates again. Um, but the outcome has been that they are breaking the back of inflation. Uh, as we said in our, you know, beginning of the year economic forecast and year end update, uh, we think that inflation is going to be more sticky than transitory. And we still think it's going to be here, but it is coming down. It will come down. I think within six more months, pro probably it'll be a lot, lot better. And uh, so that's the backdrop to the markets. If you look at some of these tech stocks, uh, we were doing this in our Monday morning asset allocation meeting at the firm, and you look at the price to earnings on some of the tech stuff that's out there that really was beat up, obviously less beat up than, you know, 20% ago, uh, but still down, you know, still down, uh, you know, the, the NASDAQ, what's the NASDAQ down today, Mike, year to date? I think it's in the low, uh, like 18. I mean, I mean, the Dow is down about 6%. The S&P is down about 9 Yeah, and, and let's call it the the, the uh, NASDAQ is down in the mid-teens, right? Yeah, NASDAQ 100 down 18. Down 18. You got, you got the price to earnings on Google down 20. Uh, sorry, the price to earnings on Google is around 22. Um, what's Amazon? Price to earnings uh, on Amazon it's gonna right be now, which typically was a really high growth stock, right? But the PE on Amazon at least it's got a PE right now. The PE on Apple is in the you know 60s. So these companies, the PE on Meta, the old Facebook, in the mid-teens. So you look at these high-growth companies that are inflation fighters. Their price to earnings have truncated largely. I think there's still value in tech going out. Now, look, we're getting into a rough time of year. We had a great rally. October's generally rough. But there are still tons of values out there. Um, to be made over this inflationary scare. And you look in bond land, look, the ag was down over 10% at one point. You know, as of today, it's down around 8% um, with you know, 4 to 5% coupons across the board, 2% cap app, 6% return in bonds. I'll take that any day. So, you know, everyone was getting really great values out there. We maintain that tech is cheap. Financials are incredibly cheap. Uh, bonds are still cheap and you can make money in saturation. So that's where you put your money at this time. And hey, look, as rates moved up, as the Fed raised rates, you get some great short-term CDs that you haven't had that. So we haven't had this opportunity. You know, it was the Tina trade, my wife, lover. There is no alternative, T-I-N-A. Um, there is no alternative. And you had to go to stocks for the past decade, maybe 12 years. My mom always tells me, tells me that too, Larry. There is no alternative, Tina. Um, and now you can go out there and you can buy great tech stocks, great financial stocks, great bonds, and get great yield without taking the risk that you once took. 
So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at, you know, inflation fighters at reasonable prices. And you're seeing that, you know, across the boards now. So there's opportunity there. Obviously, it's less than their word. Um, but, you know, come late October, uh, you'll probably have, you know, a better buying opportunity than you do at this moment. But I think if you look out towards the first and second quarter of next year, things look markedly different uh, when you're hitting all-time highs again on the Dow and S&P 500. Yep. I totally agree with that. And I mean, like, I think what you're going to start to see is a really big difference in terms of what the rate of change of the economy is, right? Yeah. The third quarter, I'm sorry, the fourth quarter of last year was like a plus 5.1% GDP quarter. We decelerated all the way down to one and a half. But now we're not, yes, growth is still in a negative spot, but we're not really decelerating it more from anymore from this particular level. So growth is kind of stagnated, even though it's a negative territory. And the fact that the rate of change on that isn't getting worse, I think the market priced in a very negative scenario. And now you're sort of getting some of that back as the, as the real negative um, financial crisis type of situation doesn't necessarily materialize. And I mean, housing still, obviously, we talked before, still has some structural headwinds until interest rates come down. But if rates do come down, inflation starts to stair step lower next year, it's still going to be sticky. Um, you could have some volatility if a lot of people say, oh, wow, inflation is going to really start to come down now. It's really more of a next year thing that it starts to move. But in almost every single earnings call that I listen to, people are much less pessimistic than last quarter because the magnitude of the declines have kind of stagnated. Supply chain issues are opening up a little bit more, and you're seeing a much more positive reaction to earnings this quarter yeah. versus last quarter, which means that expectations may have been set low enough, and you can start to see some healing within the markets. If interest rates on the long end come back down, that can benefit borrowing costs in, in other areas of the economy. So you have a positive incremental setup going into next year, depending on how the markets react toward the back half of this year. So yeah. it's a very different and you situation. Look for good than fundamentals, right, right? Whether in stocks and bonds, good value and growth at reasonable prices, and you'll do fine in this market. Yeah, there are certain areas of the market that are going to keep growing in spite of, and certain companies that are going to keep growing in spite of an economic slowdown here. So those are the ones you have to focus on. So Phil, when you met your wife, Tina, did that come to you? There is no alternative? Actually, tw tw 20 years ago, 20th and, well, 25 years ago, but 20th wedding anniversary, September 1st. Okay, well, that's a good story. And uh, thanks for answering those questions. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at 2Question Tuesday. And we'll be back next week.